It's hard to believe another month has sped by since I last did an update in this series. I don't know about you guys, but man, uh, the time is just sailing by this year. Here we are almost at the end of August now at the time I'm filming this. And uh, this is just a continuation of the series that I've been doing where I've looked at six different indicators that historically have given us an indication of you know where what needs to happen with them before we've seen the bottom of a market collapse. And this started a year ago now in August of 2022 when the markets were still in quite a bit of turmoil back then. And then we did see the most recent bottoming out of most of these indices in um, October of last year. And then the NASDAQ hit its most recent bottom in December. So I've just kept up with the series just to sort of, you know, these are some of the things that I look at uh, to determine where we're at. Uh, I just assess the data and I use history as a guide and you know, come up with my conclusions here. Uh, before I get into those, a couple of quick things. I did receive a comment last month from a, um, a viewer. I'm just gonna read it to you here. It's from Grant Patriarcha, and it says, I got a video idea and it may sound dumb, uh, and it does. it's not dumb, by the way, but can you do a video that uses these same metrics or similar, but compare them to how they would look if we were in a true bull market? The whole idea would be, if we truly are in a bull market, we typically see these metrics. For a new investor like me, an investor since this year, I haven't really seen a bull run. And you know, my response was that's a superb idea. And I really, really like this idea of taking these same metrics and, and changing the time frame because we've been looking at these and we've been looking at sort of you know what, when the market was bottoming uh, late last year. But what if we are truly in a bull market right now? How are these supposed to look historically? So I, I am going to do that. I've already started my work uh, on that project. But a second piece to this as well, I know there's a lot of people who are watching who don't believe that we will see a further correction or that we are truly in a, uh, a bull market now and that uh, another drop isn't going to happen. I'm sincerely asking you, what, <clears throat> what metrics are you using? What indicators are you using to uh, confirm your thesis? Because uh, I, I'd like to take those and cover them in a future video as well. So uh, just a couple of things I wanna work on with your help. Now, let's get into this month's video here. At the last update, which was from June to July, you'll recall that everything had been up during that time period. Now, since then, you can see by this chart here, the month started relatively poorly with some you know, declines sort of down as low as in the 6.5% range. The last week in August, though, has seen a bit of a recovery up. So um, over the time frame since the last video, so let's just call it the month of August, all of these major indices that we track are negatively, not significantly, you know, 1.5% roughly down to 2.5%. So uh, no big deal there, in my opinion. If we look at the one-year numbers, we can see strong gains continuing. And here we can also see those lows I spoke about back in October and December of last year. So for this video, let's look at what's happening today. And as always, I'm gonna start with the first metric, which is the yield curve. And specifically, I'm gonna look at the yield curve inversion. And the key to this is that if we believe a recession is coming, there's a lot of talk that way, but uh, you know it's, it's becoming softer and softer as we've gone along here, then we probably haven't seen the bottom if a recession is coming. Or at a minimum, even if we're not going to get back to those lows, we are going to see a significant correction. The inverted yield curve historically has been quite a good indicator that precedes a recession. So you put those sort of in a chronological order. The yield curve inverts. Um, then we have a recession, which brings the market down, and and that's uh, something that um, you know it, it's a logical thing. So we've been looking at these, and when we looked last month, we see the two yield curves that I'm tracking here, which is the blue line is the U.S. 10-year three-month, and the orange line is the 10-year two-year, and both of these were in negative territory as they have been now for quite some time. 
if we look at what's happened in the last month, we've seen a narrowing of those curves. Now they are both still in negative territory, as you can see by the chart here, but we've seen quite a spike up in the uh, US 10 year treasuries, over 4% now, and that has resulted in a narrowing of those yield curves, but still in negative territory. Now the, the crux of this here is that curves typically will go positive, not just narrow, but they'll go positive uh, before the market bottom, if we use history as a guide. So today, uh, with both of these remaining in negative territory, maybe some hope that we're gonna, you know, we're moving in a different direction, uh, but that's where they are. And so the result in, uh, in my opinion, my interpretation for this month is no, as it has been, uh, I think since I started this series, but that's what I am for this month. I'm a no in the um, yield curve scenario. Now, I wanna move on to moving averages, which is the next metric. And I use the S&P 500 versus its exponential 200 day moving average. When I look back over last month, I look at the blue line here, the S&P 500, and you can see how it has sustained uh, itself above that 200 day moving average there. So last month, when I, when I did my analysis, this prompted me to change my view on this from a maybe, I think it was, into a yes. Because right now, this just sort of looks to me, this metric in and of itself, uh, looks like we're on a really good, strong path here. When I look at this today, though, we see that it is still holding above that 200-day uh, moving average, but recently we've seen a bit of a, a softening in that. We've seen it come down, and that, that makes sense with the um, negative market action that we saw in the month of August. But yes, it is still maintaining itself above the, the moving average. So the result uh, in my estimation, my evaluation this month is, uh, last month I had a yes, and I am gonna stick with that yes uh, here until I see a change uh, that would sway me in a different direction. I'm going to say that uh, yes, for this uh, metric, we are saying that we have seen the worst. Now, uh, number three on the metric is the volatility index, the VIX. And this measures uh, market uncertainty. In July, we saw that it was well, well, well below its longer term average of around 20 or so. So that said to me that the participants in the market were pretty comfortable and, and there's no reason to believe that the markets you know, had any downside or any significant downside in the near term. Now, over the past month, and you'll typically see if the markets are experiencing volatility, if the markets drop, you're going to see this, this VIX ind indicator uh, increase. Now, we did see a little bit of that during the month. We saw that creep up starting you know, from sort of the middle of July, late July, and that's what you can expect. However, with this last week in August, we're now seeing that uh, settle back into the 14 and a half range. So my verdict last month was a very, very, very cautious yes. And today I'm going to stick with that soft yes. And you know, I, I don't feel that great about this VIX because I still will maintain that we should have seen uh, a bigger spike up last fall when the markets were, were dropping, but um, we haven't. So I'm gonna go with the numbers here. And I didn't see that spike. So I'm gonna say, uh, yes, there's a cautious, there's a cautious yes um, on this metric here. Fourth metric is US jobless claims. And if we look at this chart, we can see that starting last October, those numbers were increasing pretty much on a monthly basis. It was a pretty steady rise. And we do want to see a drop in those numbers. We wanna see a sustained, a sustained and a realistic drop in those numbers. If we look at the chart today, we're seeing a continued flattening of those numbers. So no big movement up or down in the last month or so. Uh, but so that's not giving me a whole bunch of hope there that we're, you know, we're seeing a real increase in the in the decline of that chart. I also want to look at initial claims. In July, we can see the blue line here showing initial job claims. If we look at that number in August, not much change there, the, you know, the normal gyrations, but nothing really strong. Now, in the U.S. Department of Labor's news release, which it uh, puts out every time they update these numbers, the most recent update says in the week ending August 19, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 230,000. 
a decrease of 10,000 from the previous week's revised level. So that kind of is a good thing. We want to see that number coming down, but 10,000 isn't a, a huge deal here. Uh, I've been looking at the four-week moving average, and we look at what they have to say about that. They say the four-week moving average was 236,750, an increase of 2,250 from the previous week's revised average. So when we look at that moving average chart, it's moving up. Uh, as you know, those moving averages will will follow, right? So my interpretation of this is that uh, you know, with with those charts showing me what they are right now, uh, last month I said a uh, I, I ticked it down as a maybe, and I'm going to stick with that uh, right now. I really do want to see some decline. Well, I want to see movement either way to give me a stronger signal. So if if the claims go up, that'll be a no, and if the claims go down, that'll be a yes. But I really would like to see some stronger moves there uh, before. So I'm going to stick with uh, maybe for uh, for this month's update. The fifth metric is the Baltic Dry Index or the BDI as it's known. And when we look at what we saw last month, we can see that we were still trading in, in quite a range there. And since then, so over the last month, nothing has changed. We can still see even a more pronounced sideways movement in that there. So there's no real positive signs there. If I look at the uh, August 25th article in Marine Link, which I tend to refer to, it says that the Baltic Exchange's main sea freight index fell on Friday to finish its worst week since early June. They also go on to say the main index fell 12.7% for the week, its biggest weekly percentage loss since a June the 2nd. So uh, last month I had given this measurement, this indicator, uh, a maybe, and I'm sticking with that right now. Again, until there's something really strong either way, uh, I'm gonna just stick with my, with my maybe. The sixth and final metric that we look at in this series is the manufacturing PMI. And this is another uh, recession-related metric as I see it. And uh, if this number is above 50, that means that the manufacturing segment of the economy is expanding. And if it's below 50, it's contracting. And you know, given my theory that we want, you know, the markets, you know, are, are indicative of what the uh, economy is doing. And if the economy is expanding, that's positive. And if it's uh, contracting, that is a negative thing. So uh, when we looked at June numbers, we saw that the number came in at 46. Now, for the first time in a while, we've seen a, a little bit uptick. July has come in at 46.4. So that is a, a slight uptick and it is somewhat encouraging. It is still though, you know, not to be misled, it's still below the 50. So it's still a, a contraction of the economy, um, just not as steeply or not as, as significant as it was uh, back in June. Now, the Institute for uh, Supply Management website, they say the US manufacturing sector contracted in July as the manufacturing PMI registered 46.4%, 0 0.4 percentage points higher than the reading of 46% recorded in June. And we can see that reflected on the most recent update on the PMI chart here. In their commentary, they add that this is the ninth month of contraction and a continuation of a downward trend that began in June of 2022. But when I look at this, I just think nine straight months of, of decline there. So I don't know what you think, but I think how, how positive can that really be? Um, I guess, I think, I, like I said last month, I mean, my question would be, is the market today that we've seen the sustained upside of the market, is it actually reflecting reality? Um, I don't know, everybody can draw their own conclusions, but um, uh, I would question that. In their report, they also noted that the trend is reflected in the manufacturing PMI's 12 month average falling to 48.3%. So another decline here. Uh, so yeah, if that's, if that's falling, I don't know. I just don't see that as being a positive thing, which would indicate that the markets have got a whole bunch of upside. So last month, I said, no, this is not telling me anything positive, and I'm, I'm sticking with that verdict this month until we see some improvement there. Uh, gee, it's just getting worse and worse, it seems. So to summarize, this month, the yield curve has a no. The moving average, I've given a yes. The VIX, I'm going to say yes. It's a soft yes, but it is a yes. 
jobless claims, I'm going to put out a maybe, the BDI maybe, and the PMI no. So when I when I sort of summarize those, <clears throat> I'm going to say I have two no's for sure. And then I have, uh, I put down your one and a half yeses and, and two and a half maybes. That might, you know, might be cheating a little bit, but uh, I've got uh, definitely two, two yeses. One of them is very, very soft and three maybes. You know, I can maybe split the difference on that. So yeah, I, I hope that this kind of helps um, you with your evaluation of where we're, where, what's happening out there. Uh, I will ask you, uh, what do you think? Uh, remember I said at the beginning of the video, if you have uh, a strong opinion, I'm, I'm really curious to know what metrics you're using, what your thesis is. Um, there's still not enough here to convince me and I, and I will acknowledge again, it's not a very popular view. I know a couple of weeks ago, the, or a week and a half ago or so, the markets were dropping pretty significantly. And I think the sentiment shifted a bit there. But you know, we're looking at this from a, from a top-down view. Uh, as always, I will remind you, do not please rely solely on this information and go out and make any major investment decisions based on it. Use these metrics as sort of part of your, your bigger due diligence package. Uh, as I mentioned, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I do a news segment where I cover, you know, trending business topics, things that I think you would be interested in as we go down this journey together. I will uh, put a link uh, in the playlist right here for you to watch. <clears throat> I'll remind you about our Investing Academy. There is a, a link in the description below. Thanks for watching this video. I look forward to seeing you in the next one.